Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. What's up, buddy? What's going on, dude? We're on video for the first time ever. First time. Today's a big day. We've got it's a, uh, it's a big day. It, it's a Sunday. It is. We're recording on a Sunday like we usually are supposed to do for the first time in weeks. We're on video. And we had our first uh, guest on the podcast. Yeah. Dude, we're going to have Mr. Uh, Andrew Rinaldi from Field Pass. Field Pass Hockey. Yep, you got it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know why it's a full press. I keep thinking full press, too. But no, Field Pass. We're, we're smart. I promise. He's going to listen to this and just face palm. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knew what he was getting into when he threw <laughs> to this. Hopefully. Nobody ever um, knows what they're getting into with us. Well, what they're getting into is an interview with the Hockey Town West podcast with one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. Yeah. So, yeah, this week we've got that going, but we've got some stuff to talk about. There's been some. It's, it's calmed down a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Now it's like most of the hockey podcasts are going on to one one episode a week while well, we were already one episode a week because there wasn't much going on in the AHL uh, except for the last three weeks. It was just like a new change every day. Right, yeah. It 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 stayed at one episode a week for us because of our life schedules, but those are all, all those are changing for at least half of us here, so uh, it should be easier to get more stuff out during the season, hopefully. Yeah, who would have thought it would have been you changing and not me? Well, you know, life happens. Uh, that's, a lo- that's a long story for everybody listening. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a that's an exclusive episode one day, maybe. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> in the vault. Uh, oh, so, so last. Did... Oh, yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Oh no, go ahead. I was say last time we talked, uh, it was Toledo hired a coach. Yeah, Pat Mikeish, uh, fourth yeah. coach. They. I watched the interviews today. Uh, that they had on him, and a couple of things that I pulled out um, that all, this was kind of cool. All three former Toledo coaches helped in hiring Pat. So they all sat in some form of an interview or they were reached out to and asked for opinions on who to hire. So um, really, I thought that was interesting. Um, even Sean Horkoff helped in the search for the coach and they said it took about four to six weeks. So, I think they knew, you know, because Watson wasn't hired. You know, they kind of knew how Watson was going to be moving on. They haven't gone that long without a coach, right? No, it hasn't been that long since the uh, Wadi announcement. But they they clearly knew about it before then, and they've been working to secure uh, a bench boss in Toledo. So, no, I mean, we just keep seeing rave reviews for this guy across the league. And, you know, it kind of just – goes without saying it's just like it seems like the Toledo way like you talk about Dan Watson and you ask players fans or anyone else about him and his time with Toledo and everyone raves about him um and now they just brought another guy in who seems very well liked and well respected in the league and seems to be a really really good fit um for the walleye so it's exciting I'm excited uh he has good ties with Derek Lalone too so I mean, you're going to see that consistency throughout the organization of, uh, throughout, so which will be good. Yeah, it seems like there'll be a lot of a lot of the same stuff for each team across the organization. A lot of the same coaching styles. A lot of you know, everyone respects each other. Everyone agrees with each other. Um, it seems like we'll be one cohesive unit at this point to make things happen, and hopefully that end result of that is wins good wins and good players and hopefully they can uh, get that kelly cup that they've been working towards for the last few years they'll get it it's coming it's coming the they one thing that i picked up out of it was uh one of the interviews that he had was culture was a big part of toledo so they call it the hockey town of ohio which i thought was funny because we're hockey town west at least they've dubbed it hockey town of ohio and not just tried to say it's hockey town like you know other organizations out there. I'm looking at you, Tampa. Looking at you. Yeah, we are the original hockey town. Uh, as in Detroit. Not yes, not, not, not Ken Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this uh, is a podcast. Good job. <laughs> uh, 
the other thing that I've they he did talk about kind of his strategy and his thing is going to be more like puck possession in the offensive zone and so just kind of wearing down the team's defense and uh, he said his defense is going to have a big part in the offense so I I we kind of saw that with Detroit on the other end too in the beginning of the season when Hironic kind of went on that hot streak and then Mata went on a hot streak as well so um, we kind of saw that in Toledo too like we spent a lot of time in offensive zones. <laughs> so yeah. we, we, it, the system's going to be the same for all three teams in the organization is what I'm gathering. And I think that's after what we've gone through, I think we can't ask for more than that. <laughs> yeah. We like the consistency and it's going to be easier for our players coming up and down and moving around. So, yeah. And Tolio's made some player signings in the past couple of days, too. Uh, some that we're familiar with and a couple of new guys, too. Do uh, you want me to go to that list real quick? Yeah. Give us an so, update. Yeah, so they brought back uh, Sam Craggs, um, which was a nice piece to bring back. This will be his third straight season with the Walleye. Um, they also signed, re-signed uh, Jake Willits, which was one of the guys we picked up at the end of the season last year, um, who pretty much made a name for himself right away. Uh, pretty sure he scored a goal in his first like three games. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then new guy Thomas Farrell. He's uh, a defenseman, and that's about all I know because he was a very recent signing, and I haven't looked into it because I'm bad. But <laughs> no, it's just another blue line piece. It looks like, if I'm guessing, he was out of college. Um, which, if that's the case, cool. Toledo's really good at doing that. Um, the college scouting so, is is prime. <laughs> I was gonna say subpar, but that's not right. <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah. Uh, played college. Actually, just clicking the link in front of me here. Played college at Army. Uh, he had sixty-two points in one hundred and twenty-six games there. Sixteen goals, forty-six assists. So, be interesting. Another another guy in the blue line to drive offense. It looks like which fits new coach's style perfectly. But, yeah, that's a uh, – it seems like each week lately we're just starting off with a lot of Toledo action. They're the ones making moves now. Hey, as long as somebody's making moves and we're getting closer to that cup, that's that's the important part. So That, and I think we're getting closer to the season, thank God. Um, but there was a couple of Griffins moves too uh, over the last week and a half or so since we talked last. Uh, Jared McIsaac got re-signed. That's good. Which we were very happy about. I think this is going to be kind of a breakout year for him. I think we both kind of agreed upon that. The expectations are probably a little higher for him. Um, but I think we're going to see him fit into Watson's system um, a lot better. And then uh, our boy Wyatt is also back. Wyatt Newpower got another one-year deal with the team too. So a couple more guys re-signed in the blue line kind of showing what it actually is going to look like and answering a lot of the questions of what this lineup is going to look like. I think it's really starting to come together. Which is the exciting part because we have made and scratched off and made and remade uh, lineups <laughs> for the past yes. three weeks. <laughs> yes, and they also did re-sign Trenton Bliss, um, which out of the guys that have been back and forth at the end of the season to Toledo, he so far is one of the only guys uh, that's remaining uh, with Barton and Warat gone. Um, Kirill, it's still unknown what's going to happen with him, if he's going to resign or not. Um, I, I think I've seen a couple articles now about him going back uh, overseas, but which is a bummer, but who knows? Things could change. It's the internet. I can't trust everything on the internet, but we know that Bliss is coming back. And then one last Griffin's piece. Uh, we are, are not going to see the return of Bianca Patuka, unfortunately. Uh, he got a three-year entry-level deal with St. Louis's organization. Um, which huge for him. That's awesome. He would have just been getting another one year AHL deal if he was going to get re-signed, I think. And St. Louis likes what they see and gave him a three year deal. So he, he's found his place for the time being. He could be back. He could be traded back to the Red Wings through St. Louis. Yes, that happens <laughs> every once in a while. Um, get him developed, get him traded back. Yeah. But outside of that, no other new news to share this week. Uh, again, a calm news week. Um, what I miss? I don't, know, I don't know how you want to do this, but we could go over the schedule release. 
let's save that for after our chat with Mr. Rinaldi here. Um, so we're going to pass it over to past us <laughs> that had this yeah. conversation already. Because it was pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we'll pass it over to that interview, and we'll come back and close out this week's episode with chatting about the schedule release again. <laughs> Wait, Brandon, we got to do an ad break. Oh, we should probably do that before we do the... We go into Rinaldi. Yeah, probably smart. You're a smart guy. I think sometimes. <laughs> oh, we will jump into that ad break right now. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinem.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regularly wear the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsibly gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One burst per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com baseball terms. This is the first and last time Mr. Rinaldi's on our on our, uh, <laughs> our show. <laughs> He's like, those guys are weird. Uh, weirdness is my vibe. That's what Nick's here for, the vibes. I am yeah. here for the vibes. All right. I think the biggest thing that we want to do, should we should we uh, call you by Andrew or Rinaldi? How, would, how do you want us to call you throughout this? Um, Andrew works just fine. I, mean, I either one, I'm just, I'm not a big Andy guy. So like whatever your heart desires is perfectly fine with me. Perfect. Perfect. I always called you Mr. Rinaldi. I, I think the biggest thing we want to do is just introduce you to our listeners and then, um, kind of see, you know, you plug in as much stuff that you're in on, you know, teams that you cover. Um, mm-hmm. we just kind of want to give you your space and, uh, you know, introduce yourself, you know? who you are, what you cover, um, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. All right. Well, um, yeah, I've been I've been covering the Griffins now for two years. Going to be heading into my into my third season of coverage here at, uh, at Field Pass Hockey. You know, I've growing up in the Metro Detroit area. I've been a, I grew up in Joe Louis Arena, watching all those legendary teams there, and you know, got to be a part of four championship parades before I even graduated high school. So you could say I was a little hooked early on and everything. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been fully here with, uh, with field pass hockey since October of 2020. It was a bit of a, a COVID thing. Didn't really have a whole lot going on in my life. So I was like, Hey, why don't I join up and, and, and combine my, two loves of writing and hockey and um yeah here here i am now heading into my fourth season with the website third season here with with grand rapids and excited for a lot of uh, a lot of the changes that are going to be going on and uh yeah it's 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 been incredible since since day one the first year was all virtual everything was done on zoom so i you know i got to cover the team but i didn't really kind of get that human connection with them up until last season so it's 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 been interesting for sure but now it's it's getting to be a little more of you know normalization of our world and everything and i it's it, it's been a ride and i've you know i've been other than the whole like no playoffs thing since I've started on the beat, it's it uh, it's it's been great the whole way, honestly. Yeah, I feel that. That's uh, it's been a tough thing for us as well. Uh, with <laughs> us, last year was our first full season of season pat or you know season tickets, so going to every game, and uh, it was uh, pretty pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
It's been dark times for a little while for me. Because <laughs> Nick didn't get into the team until what? Well, last year was your first full year really getting into the team. So yeah, you, you've you've missed you've missed the highs, but uh, you're experiencing the lows. So it's a good time. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for next season. I mean, we've done quite a bit of change. What have you seen on your side, Andrew, on of changes and things like that, and what you're excited for for the upcoming season? Well, I mean, for starting off, first and foremost, with, uh, you know, the change in the coaching staff, um, you know, I think there was a lot. I Granted, I'm not going to put the entire weight of the last two seasons on the shoulders of the coaching staff, but I, I feel like last season there was, you know, the the Red Wings brought in a couple of veterans, say like Austin Zarnick and Matt Luff, to kind of really make a push for the playoffs. And this team was far, far, far anything but pretty much all season long. I think it was it was a big disappointment and they needed kind of a, a shakeup. Not only did they get a shakeup, but they have it's I think there's a lot more cohesion going in between the coaching styles of, I don't know, a couple coaches like Dan Watson and Derek Lalonde that have actually had experience on the bench together. So I think that's going to help your your young players traversing up from Grand Rapids to Detroit and just kind of getting a feel for the systems a lot a lot easier there. And the other big one for me was, you know, talking with uh, Sean Horkoff, the general manager at the and during the exit interviews, and the importance being placed on a on a veteran goalie coming in and kind of working with Sebastian Kosa and getting probably the best number three goalie on the market and Alex Lyon to, you know, a guy who's won a Calder cup, a guy who performed, I mean, beyond expectations up there in Florida to get them into a position to have the incredible run that they had in the postseason there. So you have a guy like him come in with and, uh, tandem with a first round prospect, a guy that was a blue chipper who blew away the East Coast last year. I, you know, compared to the goaltenders that they had going into last season with, between UC Oak and Yora, who, ugh, God bless, no one tried harder than the guy. But, uh, you know, I think when we were getting a gold medal uh, Olympian, is expecting a little more than a 870 save percentage. And unfortunately, Victor Bradstrom just couldn't kind of. Get, get some consistency in his game and it, it just it wasn't in the cards for him so I think it was a massive upgrade in that that you're going to be seeing here for the Griffins and you know on, on top of seeing a lot more of the the younger players coming in I'm hoping Cross Hannes is healthy you're going to get Amadeus Lombardi in uh, I know there's a lot of talk about Carter Mazur maybe making the wings out of camp but if he doesn't well he, he's going to be your trigger man on the on the top on the, your top six so getting a lot of that that youth in there as well I think is gonna is, is gonna make a huge difference for a team that it, it, it's I, I think all the pieces have been there it's just kind of getting everything everyone all on the same page and 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 just getting getting your game set up and 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 prepared to to win. Why, why do you think there was so much craziness with the goaltender situation last year? Like, they started, Victor came back, Usi came back. Like, we had all these pieces in play, but, like, we just couldn't get that, you know, we couldn't get anything going. It's, I mean, goaltending is such a is such a mental game. I think it's... it's I'm waiting for you to say voodoo. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit of that. I mean, it's, you know how goalies are. They're all a little... A little I won't say strange, uh, quirky is a good is a good way to put it. I I feel like you know UC kind of coming out of uh, out of Russia to return and kind of make one last shot at at an, an NHL possible career. And granted, the the defense wasn't the strongest in front of them, but there was just times where it's like you needed a save to be made, and it just it it wasn't happening and. I think it's a lot of it is is confidence and and it's all it's all the game between the ears, you know. Victor last the season before would have stretches where he didn't play so hot. I remember he got sent down to the walleye, but then he came back and he played great. He got his confidence back, and you know he was out there at making 
30 plus saves a game and then rolling out doing somersaults when he's called the first star of the game. So you're looking at that like, okay, this guy, he's, he's got it in the bag. So to see him then come around last year and to really struggle the way he did. And I think part of it is you don't really have when one guy is playing bad and then the other guy is playing bad. Like it's, you're not there to kind of, push them to play better and I think that's one of the big like why I love the lion pickup is that if if Kosa's out there he's going to be battling Kosa and and pushing him to make like good quality starts if you know if he's struggling lion's just going to take all those and uh, he's he's not really a guy that's gonna gonna sit there with uh with a sub 900 save percentage there like a couple of the guys last year so it you know it was the position was stabilized a lot when, when Ned came down, but I think anyone could tell you that, you know, Ned, I don't want to say he wasn't happy being down there, but yeah, when you're a guy who's been in the show for a couple of years and then you're down in the A, he, he came in, he performed admirably and he didn't pout, you know, or feel sorry for himself. And he played well enough to get back into Detroit and had a solid couple of games. And now you see him and uh, earn a job over there in Pittsburgh. So it's, and then at the end, it was kind of just seemed like uh, a bunch of names being plugged in as, as the Griffins were pretty much out of it. And they're like, all right, well, we'll see who can, who can come in and impress us. Um, you see John Letheman, who's probably going to end up in Toledo again, but he earned a contract with Detroit. So congratulations to him. I mean, I, I have feeling a lot of it was, you know, a lot of defensive breakdowns in front and then your, your confidence just kind of gets shattered early on. And just that momentum never really picked up from there. And then, you know, like I said, Ned going coming down, took away a lot of those starts from Oak and Yora. You saw him kind of, I don't want to say take his ball and go home, but he went back to Europe. He's like, all right, well, I'm not really going to get anything going here. So it's it was just not a lot of stability really played into that as well. Um, just all, all over the team, you know, the structure really just kind of failed a lot of those guys. And you got to just battle. You, you, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You can't, unfortunately it's a business where, you know, it's, it's, what have you done for me lately? And a lot of these guys, unfortunately just, just couldn't, couldn't get the momentum rolling. And, 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 and that's it. That's, that's, that's all it takes sometimes with goalies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out with that. Now I, I haven't been able to personally find anything that tells me lion's going to be here. Do you, do you, do you see that working out to be that way? I, unless James Reimer falls off a cliff and Lyon steps up into that number two role, I, you know, I, after seeing what he did with Florida, I feel like he's going to make a push to, to be that, that number two guy, especially in camp. But the, the way I see it, you know, I, I feel like Lyon is the perfect number three guy. And that's where he came in in Florida as well. And if it wasn't for Spencer Knight joining the player assistance program, Lyon would have finished the season down there in Charlotte. So I, f- I figure that's the Grand Rapids would be the most uh, likely landing spot for him. But, you know, we still have three months less a little less than three months until the season starts so honestly yeah who knows maybe he outduels Reimer and camp or something like that I but I would I would be I'm be pretty fairly confident in saying Alex Lyon is your probably night one starter in October and it makes sense and you think about it from a Griffins fan perspective you're either Kosa Lyon or Kosa Reimer like it's kind of the perfect combination either way it's going to go yeah, having that one way or the other, having that veteran presence in there with with a young guy like Kosa is is kind of the the perfect recipe for success here at this level. I mean, just looking at at and my own personal experience, I've I've covered Alex Lyon before in Chicago a couple years ago. He was on that Calder Cup winning team, and they paired him with another young prospect coming up in Pyotr Kochekov, and it was just the perfect one-two punch. Now, 
granted, the makeup of the that Chicago Wolves team is much different than the look of this Griffins team coming in. Um, you know, the Wolves are very known for going out and getting as many veterans as possible so they can win, win, win. Whereas here in Grand Rapids, it's more about developing these guys and winning as well. But you know, the emphasis is more on getting these guys ready for the next step. And either way, it's whether you're looking for W's or development and pairing up COSA with one veteran or the other that has been around in this league and at the next level is, is just, it's, it's paramount for a young goaltender success. Yeah. Me and Brandon have been talking about this for the last couple of weeks is like, what do you think with Grand Rapids? Like you see some of these AHL teams that are actually really good and they're all about winning and they're, uh, then you got other ones that are more about development. Do you think there's going to be a change now with bringing in Dan Watson? It's more of a win and develop, or do you think it's going to go more of one way or another with, you know, as the, the culture has changed with Sean Horkoff coming in, mm-hmm. do you think they're going to start leaning one way or another now? I think I, I, I don't think it's going to be an emphasis more on, on one or the other, I think you're going to see that, you know, the Horkoff's preached, you know, a lot of patience with these guys, meaning that, you know, you're not going to see them jump immediately from, from third liner here in Grand Rapids to, you know, a stud up there in Detroit thing. Um, I, I think the emphasis is going to, you know, keep being on getting these young guys ready. But as we've seen from the last couple of years, taking, uh, uh, you know, 50 L's in the regular season and missing out in the playoffs where five of the seven teams in your division make it, it's, it's, it's clearly not acceptable for this organization. And a big part of developing these young players and part of the reason why the AHL's playoff format is as Frankenstein as it is now is to get these young guys playing in as many meaningful games as possible to kind of get them used to that energy that they're going to see at the next level. If you're playing in game 50 and you're already out of the playoffs and you got got guys coasting out there, it's not going to do anything for your development. So they're definitely putting an emphasis on, on obviously, you know, getting, getting the game and the system right and everything, but winning as well so that you, when the speed and the intensity cranks up another level at the, at the NHL, you're not a deer in the headlights because you've seen this already and going through a playoff run and hopefully chasing a call their cup here for the Griffins. But I think you, you definitely can, can see that, you know, they're whether they were happy or not with the prospects developing up in going up in Detroit, I feel like they're, they're the job done here. You know, you look at guys like Jonathan Bergeron coming up and, pretty much being a contributor from day one. And it was like, all right, well, this guy's not, not going back to Grand Rapids anytime soon that he was prepared right for the game here. But at the same time, he, you know, he wasn't involved in any postseason chase or any really, truly meaningful, meaningful hockey. So I think they definitely want to give the, especially with such a, a young blue line, a lot of young forwards and a, and a first round goalie in your crease. There's definitely been an emphasis on getting this team into the postseason and having these guys play in games where there's going to be actual stakes at hand. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, too, with patience is that they're trying to build this team. (laughs) There wasn't much there either. Like, they've been focusing on Detroit, getting everything, and then we know that slow trickle will come up to Detroit, so um, we're over. So um, he needs patience. We need to, as fans, need to have patience as well while these guys develop and get into the rhythm of, you know, meaningful hockey. But um, at the same point, like, yeah, that change needed to happen with Dan Watson coming in, so which is good. And we've seen that Dan can win. We uh, anyone who might not have been uh, privy to the Toledo Walleye, they made a a great run in the Kelly Cup. There, I mean, Sebastian Cosa was excellent and. This he's he he's he he knows how to how to get it done at least at you know at the coast level and and to have the confidence of a guy like Derek Lalonde having him on his staff and getting his seal of approval to move up here in Grand Rapids, it's it's encouraging I would say to look forward to for Griffins fans to see the successes there to see 
you know, the, his, his former bench boss there in Detroit who, you know, we're kind of seeing a shift in the culture there as well. And I mean, it's, it's kind of trickling down through the entire organization first from Detroit, then the Grand Rapids on, on, you know, retooling, rebuilding and kind of just getting this, getting this team, you know, getting, getting the city excited for postseason hockey, getting these, these players excited to play in the, into the postseason, having a guy like Dan Watson coming in who, who can get it done at, at this level, at that level. So I, I've, I've been real excited to see kind of, you know, just listening to, unfortunately I wasn't able to, to, to sit in on his interview to when he was introduced to the team, but to just listen to him and, and through a, a lot of other players in the coast that have had nothing but glowing things to say about him. It's, it, it's, it's, it's gotta be encouraging to the fans here who I don't want to say they suffered through the Ben Simon era, but again, when you have a couple seasons back to back, when largely the entire division makes the playoffs and you don't do it, it's, it's just, it's just fresh blood. Sometimes you just need a fresh voice in the room to kind of get the guys just skating a little harder at practice and getting into the corners a little harder during the games. I mean, I know it's kind of a, a one of those hockey cliches, you know, just a, a, a different voice, but that it wouldn't be a cliche if there wasn't some truth to it. You know, I, I try to rely on those, but there is some um, a little, little bit of truth there. Right, you want to see yeah. it eat a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. A couple more W's. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't say we suffered to the Ben Simon era. Like, obviously, we could have done better, but the the guy was good at development. Like that, that's what he was very good at, and I think we can't shy away from that. But you've had two seasons covering this team with him around. What's your What's your most memorable Ben Simon moment? My mo- my most memorable Ben Simon moment was. Uh, game against Chicago last year, I think it was in February, um, where the Wolves completely dominated the first period, but the Griffins were opportunistic and were up two to nothing after the first. Um, went on to to lose in very Griffins fashion, about four to three in overtime, I want to say. And when I asked him about how you know, they were on their heels the entire time in the first period. Ben Simon asked me if I had watched the game because they were up two to nothing. And I, I just replied with a simple, yes, I watched the game. I, I saw it was, you guys were up two to nothing, but in my head, I was thinking like the entire time, like they were wheeling in your zone the entire first period. So if you feel pretty confident about how you were, I don't care if you were up three to nothing, like, you didn't have the puck the entire the entire period. The two times that you had the puck, it went into the net, and like that's great. But then, as we saw through the rest of the game, it, 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 that game plan didn't work out there, Ben. So that that uh, uh, he was he was a very like he he was simultaneously both very intense, but at the same time, he was also. You know, he 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 knew how to have a good time in a lot of those interviews, at least you know, so long as they didn't get pumped six goose or something like that. But he he had a, a great character, great personality to him. I'm sorry it didn't work out here in Grand Rapids, but you know, I I enjoyed very much our our post game interviews, even if sometimes it felt like I was you know throwing a, holding a live grenade in my hand sometimes and seeing what he was doing with it, but. You know that's just that just comes with the territory of of uh, of of being a beat writer and especially some of those you know post game pressers you just you just got to kind of read the room a little bit I guess I didn't read the room well enough there but you know what it's it's all about uh, you know I, I the way I look at it I'm developing here in this league as well so I uh, I think we can all we can we all have those days here and there so appreciated Ben for what he brought. Wish him the best of luck over there in Iowa, just as long as it's not against the Griffins. And, you know, again, I, I know my uh, my partner in crime, Elaine Shercliffe, she she loved him just as much. So we're uh, both sad to see him go. But, again, excited for the, what the Watson era can can bring for this team. It, with you, you, so you mentioned Toledo. Are you, were you, follow, how long have you been following that team as well? Because you just write for you write for the Griffins and you write for somebody else too, right? You cover another team. 
I cover the Chicago Wolves as well. Um, I I have a passing, glancing following of Toledo, um, simply by extension of the affiliation. I uh, you know I wouldn't say that I I I can say I never watched uh, a walleye game from beginning to end, but you know I I I keep track of I talk to fans and try and see how how the team's looking, how the team's doing, what players are impressing you, you know, and then when when I heard that Watson was being hired in, then you can yeah, I, I reached out to a couple of of players, uh, you know, former players of the Walleye, and just to kind of get a vibe of of you know who the, who this guy was and what you know what he was bringing to this team, and so you know I'm I don't make the trip down seventy five often to go see the Walleye, but when when you're covering this team here in Grand Rapids and and you know, you have a player called up from the walleye. It's good to know at least, at least have a, a passing idea of, of who this player is and what they can bring to this team as opposed to like, well, uh, we got this new guy showing up. He's from Toledo. He plays defense and yeah, he's making his debut on Saturday. Like, I have no idea. I have no idea who he is or how he plays, but yeah, he'll, he'll be there. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I felt like that all last season <laughs> until the very end, and then we started jumping on the Toledo bandwagon too. So mm-hmm. you've never gone to a game? Never been. Nope. Oh, we gotta take you. <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole season ahead of us. So hey, dude, it's like a whole different atmosphere than Grand Rapids. All right, it I... rivals Detroit. Dead serious. Okay. Okay. I. I'm intrigued now. I've I've always wanted to go to a game in the coast, but yeah, I've it's I mean between two beats here and then whenever I have another free day on the weekend, it's going to LCA. So it's I can always diversify my my hockey watching for sure. So just just name a date and I'll make it happen. I like it. We'll have to figure out opening day. And the the problem that we have with Toledo is we have to buy the tickets like four or five months in advance because all of the games are sold out before then. So that's <laughs> it's the, crazy. It's been the biggest struggle for us. So wow. uh, it's just hockey enjoyers. So Yeah, it's a hot ticket down there in Ohio, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were looking right in the middle of the 18-game win streak. So that was <laughs> – I think that was also the <laughs> other problem. I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you brought up you brought up obviously you cover Chicago too being a division rival or, or longtime rival of the Griffins um, as a whole. How are how are you feeling about what's uh, about to come out of their season upcoming season? Uh more confident than I was when they first made the announcement, but uh, that you know they've they've picked up a couple of 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 great players. I think um, you know. Everyone knows Chris Terry. If you're a Griffins fan, this guy has been one of the most consistent producers in this league for the last decade or so. And then Keith Kincaid was a guy who I was when I was thinking about bringing veteran goalies in about how he would be near the top of the list of guys who have NHL experience. They have winning experience here at the AHL would be great for a guy like Kosa. So for him to go there into Chicago to kind of solidify that crease is is big, but I'm I like I'm I still am not the the whole depth thing has me very iffy. Now, granted, they still have I believe one veteran spot to to fill on that. You know, you can only play six veterans at a time on your roster, so. They still miraculously still have space there, but when I get to looking at their their bottom six, I'm not overly impressed impressed with their blue line either. It's not. I don't want to turn this into a whole Chicago Wolves breakdown here, but for your listeners, episode. yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to be seeing a lot of them, so yeah, it's good to it's good to to kind of get the scouting report here. Um, it's it's the wild west is the best way I can look at it. Um, you know, you get in a lot of these guys who had success elsewhere and were kind of relegated to depth roles because you know it's in a in this kind of league, you're going to give a lot more opportunities to your younger players and your prospects to to get them to grow in their game. So 
guy like Peter Abandonado isn't going to get those kind of shots elsewhere that he's going to get in Chicago. Is it going to work? We only we're we're not going to find out until October. So it's it's going to be interesting. I'm kind of going to be on the front lines to see either if this experiment goes really good or really bad. But either way, I'm going to be there, and I'm kind of super excited to see how it goes one way or the other. Yeah, it should be really interesting. I will say that goalie tandem they have set up is actually surprisingly good mm-hmm. um, with Kincaid and Shield. So I, I don't love that that's what we have to play against uh, a lot, but that's uh, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, it's it, ah god, I don't even know. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't know how much I can I can say about this this team on this pod here, but it's it's. I guarantee you playing the Wolves is definitely going to be a different vibe than playing the other teams in the Central Division. You're going to have a team that has zero care about young players getting their ice time, and they're only going to be looking for Ws, and it's just going to be Ws, Ws, Ws. Or they just completely fall apart, and it's going to be Ls, Ls, Ls. I, it's, so it's, I, I have a feeling it's going to be like one or the other for this team. And it's, um, it's again, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be the wild West. And I don't, I feel like they have, yes, they have one of the better goaltending tandems in the division, but I feel like right now, Grand Rapids has got to be up there with them. I, you know, I, Looking at at some of the other teams, like I mean, I know Iowa's got Wallstead, but I don't know what their number two guy is gonna be. And Milwaukee's got Askarov, but I know Cooley went elsewhere, so I don't know who their number two guy is gonna look like. It's um so it's it's good to have that that good one two punch there in, in Grand Rapids because you look at some of the other teams around and you know, there's there's a couple question marks and regarding the Nets, so it's it's good that to see that what was probably the worst weakness on the team is going to be hopefully one of its bigger strengths coming in this October. We hope so too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any under the radar players that you've got your eye on this season for the Griffins? So like we could talk Carter Mazer all day. We could talk Kosa. But who do you like? Who are you eyeing in on this year? Who I like that one. Um, There's so many people, so it's hard this year. <laughs> like last there's year, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, I'll give you right. It's like I'm trying to think like more under the radar. So as per forwards, I'm going to go with uh, with Alex Doucette. Um He was a guy who really lit it up in the. I mean. You take it with a grain of salt. When you say lit it up in the Quebec League, it's kind of like, okay, everyone scores a million points in the Quebec League. But, you know, I, I've, I've really enjoyed what he was able to bring to, to Halifax last year. And I, I don't know what kind of op- what his opportunity is going to look like in Grand Rapids. Um, you know, we're going to have to just kind of see where, you know, how Watson likes his lineups and where he's going to slot this kid in. But if he can come in and, and get some opportunities, I think he has potential to, to, to be dangerous with the puck and just getting one more, one more facilitator in there who can, Again, when you kind of have all your big guns, but then you have a guy who can kind of produce maybe in your bottom six, that would that, that would take advantage of some of those defensive matchups. That, that would be great. And then if you're looking on defense, I think um, uh, Auntie Tuamisto is going to be a guy that's going to come in and kind of blow the doors down, I think, on the back end. He really impressed me in, in college, and I think – it's a little different coming in from NCAA as opposed to the, you know, from the junior ranks as, you know, you're not playing teenagers all the time. Some of these are, are grown men in, in the college ranks. And that kind of puts you at a different level coming in, playing in the, in a professional league like the AHL. And I, you know, I really love his, his play both with and without the puck. I, I think that especially with, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if 
I don't see Simon Edvinson coming back. I know he's going to be sidelined a bit with his with his shoulder, but once he's healthy, uh, he you might see a handful of games to see him get back in the form. But then it's got off to Detroit and it's Sayonara Simon. So I I think you're going to see a lot of from you know you're going to lean a lot on Albert Johansson, Jared McIsaac, uh, you know Emil Vero. I thought looked really good at times last year, but I you know couple of, you know, between Lashoff leaving for the bench and Edvinson going up, you're going to see some more opportunities for a guy like Tua Misto. And I think he's I think he's going to be primed for a good year here in Grand Rapids. Those are good ones. Those are the people I – yeah, that's perfect to answer because I – those are two guys that I wasn't really thinking of, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, I know he's in the pipeline. I didn't know he was here yet. I'm like, okay, where are we going to fit? We Because we still have Wallander too. Mm-hmm. On the back end, so good. A lot, lot, lot of youth on the blue line, um, so I, I'm really excited to see what a lot of these kids can bring. Any uh, top prospect since I gave you the under and the under <laughs> the underdogs? Well, I'm uh, like most excited to watch. Probably Marco Casper if I, if he ends up being down here in, in Grand Rapids, which I believe he would. I, you know, you talking about a kid who looked incredibly comfortable in the Swedish league playing against, again, grown men to kind of transition with a very mature, very responsible 200 foot game here in Grand Rapids. I I feel like he's, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a bright spot to look on. Now I wouldn't, I'd still kind of give him a little, give him a little bit of rope because after all he is just. 19 years old but at the same time with that previous experience playing already in the, in the top league in Sweden and looking very good while he did it I feel like that should that should transition pretty smoothly to playing here in the AHL so again it seems like kind of an obvious pick but I I got I'm expecting some big things there from from Marco Casper yeah, I would agree with that too. And I think the last one I'll throw at you before we wrap up here is what do you think we see out of Elmer Soderblom this year in the AHL? I'm hoping for, and this is going to be a book out of the Ben Simon playbook, um, I'm hoping for a little more uh, a little more compete level from, from Elmer. Um, because I feel like at, at his size with his hands, he could be like – the guy who who dominates shifts uh regularly and i think part of it is is just being a little more active not with the puck but kind of without the puck and i i feel like once he kind of gets his gets he's got a the the great foundation for a great game and i feel like if he just works out some of those kinks and Focuses how to play, you know, positionally and knows where to be and and just and then lets his talent kind of do the rest. I feel like he can be a, a, a incredible player here for this organization for Grand Rapids and for Detroit. So you've, we've seen glimpses of it from Elmer. I would like it to see it a little more consistently. But I mean, sky's the limit for a guy like him. And from what I heard, you know, Dan Watson is the kind of guy who can get that that game out of his players and if if that's the case i think you could be seeing some uh, no, no pun intended but you could be seeing some big things from from elmer <laughs> no i like it perfect well i think that's all i've got nick do you want to throw anything else at andrew here no i'm excited are you gonna be at opening game opening weekend oh yeah yep i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at uh well i'm the friday when they open i'm gonna be there the next night is Chicago's uh, opener, so I'm going to Chicago's then. But I am I'm trying to. So for anyone who doesn't follow me, I'm a huge outdoorsy guy. I love to go hiking up in the mountains and kind of lose cell reception for about four or five days. Uh, so the Griffins open up with the Colorado Eagles at Van Andel. And then the next week they go to Colorado for the Eagles the next weekend. So I'm looking and trying to secure a, a visiting team's credential so I can cover the team while I'm there. And then while I'm out there, maybe just do like three days of getting lost in Rocky Mountain National Park or something like that. So 
Um, yeah, I'm going to be pretty active in, in early in season in covering this team. So, uh, yeah, as you can see, you can expect a couple mountain pictures and, and maybe some Griffins players. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll still got to make the arrangements, but that's my plan. My early, not quite August, but getting their plan for this team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Andrew, where can the people find you? You can find my work at Field Pass Hockey, um, as stated before. I cover the Chicago Wolves on top of the Griffins. A lot of central hockey going on here. Um, if you're on Twitter, you can find me at FPH Griffins. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I live tweet during the games. I tweet updates about the team. Um, I, I, sometimes I make memes. I enjoy just kind of, inter- I love interacting with the fans, talking about the game. I, I, I'll talk about hockey at any and all levels. I've just, I bleed hockey, you know, it's, it's been part of my blood since I've been young. So I, I always enjoy interacting with anyone who wants to reach out to me, unless you're chirping me uh, on something then maybe I, I i try and be a little more reserved with my internet personality um i'm a little more aggressive when i'm playing beer league but on twitter i'm i'm, I'm generally I, I try and let most of that stuff slide but yeah if anyone who who's who's interested in griffin's hockey you can give me a follow there and like i said i, I give updates on the team or just general silly gooseness and it's a lot of fun i love it all right, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for everything, and obviously we'll probably chat more before we get into the season here. Hopefully you can get out there and do some some hiking and some more golfing before the season starts. <laughs> so, so, no, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Andrew. We'll see you at uh, opening day. See you guys there. So, no, I appreciate Andrew's time with us. That was a fun conversation. Uh, someone we'll talk to, what, a lot more going forward. Um, Good friend of the show. Yeah, good friend of the show. Good guy. Good people. Um and good friend, good friend in general. Yeah. No, he's uh it's gonna be fun chatting with him, especially as the season kicks off uh with you know him covering the Chicago Wolves too. Um and we'll have future interviews as well with some of his other peers uh at Field Pass as well that cover other teams plus Grand Rapids as well. So that should be should be a fun time for us coming forward. And uh yeah, thanks again, Andrew, for your time. But now you wanna talk, sir about schedule release part two so the do-over that grand rapids needed they released the schedule uh as all the other ahl teams did with just an infographic which was cool right uh where everybody else did super cool videos and really nice uh i don't know releases everybody else made a big deal about it grand rapids boom here's your photo here's your schedule uh, moving on. So this week they released the schedule, and it was actually it was it was cool. I just I was a little confused. So okay. so what confused you about it? Before we go to like the cool parts of it, I so I they released the they released it through the NHL. They it shows it through as I, as if you're playing NHL 23. And they show the team, they show the highlight of like the games that they're playing against them. I didn't understand the broken link reference that they did with Chicago like four times throughout. And it's like, call this number. I didn't, I don't understand. I didn't get it. I don't know why they were picking out. I think it was Chicago throughout the video because they tried to come back to it like two or three times. And I, my opinion, I thought it was just a failure on the Griffins like social media or like creative department was the broken link like supposed to be a reference to them being like solo this year i i don't know like i I think it left more questions for people than anything especially after they delayed and waited a week i think if they were trying to like poke at somebody they should have poked at milwaukee because milwaukee like poked them and had shots fired about the whole Barbie profile pick and then like tweeting out the conversation between the Griffins department and their department like I I didn't understand the whole Chicago thing. Yeah but here's the thing are you going to really shoot shots at people that come back as well as Milwaukee comes back at anybody that shoots a shot at them like at least in their social media team I'm not talking about on the ice 
Uh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it, it was a big flop again. Like, it could have definitely been better. I, I, I appreciate the fact that they went back and did something. And I think what this points to is that there truly might only be one person in charge of all of their social media right now. Um, and if that, I'm guessing that person doesn't do that full time. So it was maybe on vacation the week that I don't know. It's just, it's so odd. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where life happens, I think. And I, I don't know. I, I appreciated the attempt. The attempt was there. That that's nice, but I don't know. It was, it was a, a day late and a dollar short kind of thing. Like, it would have been super cool if they released that when everybody else released their schedules too. Yeah, because it was something different than anybody else did. Like there was a bunch of teams that did stuff with AI or skits. And like the way they approached this was completely different. Which um, I thought was cool because a lot of people, if you're into hockey, you're playing NHL 23. You're you're playing the games as well. So it connected with a lot of fans. Yeah, exactly. like, graphically, they did it really well. It looked just like the game. Um, I don't know. I, how I, did I'm, it. I'm stuck on the connection issue thing now. I wonder really what I, I really just wonder if that was shots at them or if what it is. There's there's got to be an inside joke there that we, we don't get that maybe someone on their social team gets, which um, is like confusing to us because we are a little bit more advanced. Like. We're more not connected to the team, but we follow the team. We're invested in the team. We are more connected than your average fans, you know. And like your average fans, not going to understand those references, like that Chicago reference. Like, and, and again, like you said, like taking a shot at Milwaukee, where we talk about shots that they'll get back. I don't know if you've gone back to that schedule release video since then, uh, but Chicago commented on it, telling them to try to turn their Wi-Fi off and on again. Ours is working just fine. <laughs> So, you know, again, another team that was able to come back pretty well. But again, on the social media side, I really think, especially in the summertime, I think it's just one person. And it's that speaking from experience for just a tiny podcast, it's a tough job. It's not easy. So who runs ours? uh, It depends on the day. I feel like sometimes you didn't hire somebody. No. Um. Not in the budget. Oh. Because the budget's like zero. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Wow. Um, the Griffin social team did do one other cool thing, though, between like, that schedule release video and now. What was that? It was the, the off-season check-ins with each player. Oh, yes. There were oh, some yeah. good ones in there, like, you know, Kosa being just an entire mood uh, passed out in a hammock. That was... That was cool. All the Griffins posted, they went through, I think it was like nine different, nine or 10 players just taking a picture from what they're doing in the off season. Just kind of updating the fans on what, what those guys are out there doing. You know, Cross was in there. Edmonton was in there. Shine was not in there, but his dog was. Uh, <laughs> and um, Elmer was out golfing, which I would love to cross paths with Elmer Soderblom on the golf course. Be hard to miss out there. Yeah, he is a very tall guy. <laughs> was he was he here in Michigan or was he overseas? I think he's overseas. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the a lot of those guys are. And it looked like somebody was with a couple of the wings guys. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, uh, it was Mazer. Mazer was hanging out with uh, Mo Sider in Finland. <laughs> Getting acquainted. Hey, I like it. You know, future uh, future teammate this season, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. still think he starts down here. Yeah. Well, well, at this point, we need to put a thought on it. But, yeah, outside of that, man, nothing else crazy this week. We have, yeah, we just have a couple of things we talked about and our interview this week. Nothing else, unless you got anything else you want to add. Oh, I got nothing else to add. All right. Well, yeah, that's all we've got. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. We'll be back uh, maybe next week or the week after that. I have vacation and, again, some stuff changing with my my full-time job. So uh, things will get interesting here, but hopefully they change for the better. And I know Nick's got like a million and one things going on in life. So we will uh, we'll, we'll chat with you all again when we uh, have time. Yeah.
Thank you for all tuning in. Support the show on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast these days. Leave a review. That helps. We haven't got any reviews, Brandon. We have one five-star one on Spotify. Okay. We'll tell your mom just to give us a review. Uh, (laughs) Here's the episode with everybody you know. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We thank our listeners, sponsored DraftKings, the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good weekend. Love you all. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.